0: Hello, I'm Clive Nash. Welcome to Let God Speak. Many stories have come to light through the media of people who have been able to forgive perpetrators of crime. The act of forgiveness has been healing for both the person forgiven and the one offering forgiveness. In this episode of Let God Speak, we will discuss revenge and forgiveness through the eyes of Joseph in the Old Testament and Jesus Christ in the New Testament. So have your Bibles at hand as we begin. Well, on our panel today, we have Gail Fong and Stephen Groom. Welcome, Gail and Stephen. Good to have you with us as we discuss this topic today. But before we begin, let's have a word of prayer. Our loving Father in heaven, we just want to thank you that we have the freedom to be able to study the Bible and to listen to your voice speaking through your word. And we pray that your Holy Spirit will give us guidance today, both for us here on the panel and those who are listening and watching. We ask, ask this in Jesus' name, Amen.
1: Amen.
0: Uh, the Macquarie uh, Concise Dictionary defines the word "forgive" this way: a verb to grant free pardon for or remission of an offence, debts, etc. Well, we're going to be talking a lot about forgiveness today. So, uh, uh, Gail, how would you define forgiveness?
2: Well, <clears throat> forgiveness is as much about an attitude as it is about an action. Forgiveness is something that we do out of a heart that's willing to forgive. Forgiveness is um, letting go of personal pain. Um, forgiveness is um, being willing to um, forget the pain and to let go of personal hurt as I said and also it may also mean that the even when the offender has not changed
0: hmm. I'm going to toss a, a tricky question your way Stephen just on that idea uh, if we um, forgive someone who is not repentant
1: aren't we in fact justifying their behaviour thank you Clive that's a, that's a difficult question um Forgiveness and what I believe reconciliation are two different things. Now, we must forgive. And, and to answer that, I'd like to turn to Matthew chapter 6 and verse 14 and 15. And Jesus said, For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. So we all commit sins. And if we want to be forgiven by by God for our sins, we must forgive others for their sins that they commit against us. Now, if we are a victim of a crime or a sin against us, we want to forgive that person. But if they're not repentant of their what they're doing, then they could become repeat offenders against us because they haven't seen that they've done wrong. So we must guard ourselves against being put in a position where we can be another, a victim again or repeatedly. So we must avoid that situation, but at the same time, um, pr- uh, forgive them in our heart from that. Um, looking at it from another point, if we, are, we, if we have committed a sin against someone else and we um, feel sorry for what we've done, we want to repent for that. We ask forgiveness from that person. If they're not willing to um, forgive us, then we cannot be reconciled. If they do forgive us, then of course we can be completely reconciled, and that's the 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 goal between the two parties. Mm. Yeah, um, I'd like to go back to the Old Testament, uh,
0: folks, to Psalm 32, the the 32nd Psalm, and there's a lovely thought here from David, Psalm 32, verse one, where he says. Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is, is covered. So Gail, what, what benefit does does David bring out here from being, having their sins forgiven?
2: Well, um, in the previous episode of Let God Speak, we, um, we saw how Joseph had been unjustly treated in Egypt, had been sold into slavery, how he'd been bought by Potiphar and he'd served in Potiphar's house as a slave and basically 10 years and then he was uh, very um, unjustly accused of a crime against Potiphar's wife uh, which led to more pain and suffering for, for Joseph but Joseph obviously in his early time when he was taken into captivity he had made a choice to accept the God of his fathers and in doing so in those early years he had experienced the love of God and the forgiveness of God. And although he was a physical slave in Egypt, he actually was free in Christ. And that's how he served. And I think that's also something that David experienced here, reading on in Psalm 32, verse 2. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord does not impute iniquity and in whose spirit there is no deceit. So, there's a blessing in being forgiven by God, especially by our Creator God.
0: Mm. Yeah, as you say, there, Joseph was, you know, unjustly accused by Potiphar's wife of, you know, of trying to seduce her, and and many commentators actually say that if if Potiphar had really believed his wife, you know, Joseph would have been executed, Dead, yes. <laughs> not just put in prison. Yes. And then when he gets into prison, you know. Is there? He rises to a position of responsibility and uh, interprets a couple of dreams and so on, you know. And still, he doesn't get justice, does he? No. Um, so, what what happened next in the in the story about Pharaoh and, and his, his chief
1: butler, as uh, Stephen? Can you bring us up to speed on that? Okay. After two years um, of the release of of the butler, who promised to remember him. Eight, the butler didn't actually remember him at all. He'd forgotten about Joseph. Yes, because Joseph actually interpreted the butler's dreams. Yes. And, uh, you know, he, he, should, he should have been really grateful for that, shouldn't he? Yes. But yeah. as it so happens, when someone gets reinstated, they forget about their past, don't they? And this certainly happened here. And so God gave Pharaoh a dream. And you know something big is going to happen when God gives dreams. And uh, Pharaoh had a dream of significance and suddenly the chief butler remembered Joseph. And I'd like to read that in Genesis chapter 41 and verses 9 to 13. It says, Then the chief cupbearer said to Pharaoh, I remember my faults today. Once Pharaoh was angry with his servants and put me and the chief baker in custody in, in the house of the captain of the guard. We dreamed the same night, he and I, each having a dream with its own meaning. A young Hebrew was there with us, a servant of the captain of the guard. When we told him, he interpreted our dreams to us, giving an interpretation to each according to his dream. As he interpreted to us, so it turned out. I was restored to my office and the baker was hanged as uh, Joseph had said it was. And so here we have Pharaoh having a dream. He called in all these magicians and wise people. They can't interpret the dream, but he finds out that there is a Hebrew in the prison who's able, who should be able to interpret his dream. Um, yeah. yeah. So, so, so what, happened ne- what happened next after this butler had a twinge of conscience, so to speak? Yes. And so he, Joseph was called in and, 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 um, verse 14 to 16. He's asked to to come in before Pharaoh and, and Pharaoh said to Joseph, I've had a, a dream, verse 15. There is no one who can interpret it. And I have heard, he said, that you are able to um, interpret dreams. And Joseph answered Pharaoh, it is not I. God will give Pharaoh a favorable answer. And so um, quite amazing here that all this time that Joseph has been um, unduly kept in prison, yeah, he'd suffered really. he suffered injustice he suffered injustice, but he remains faithful to god so how how important I mean he could have felt started to feel bitterness and um bad heart, but he didn't no bitterness, no accusations from Joseph, just faithful honor to God hm yeah. If we uh, look a little further down
0: in the story, in Genesis 41, and and, uh, let me draw your attention to verse 50 to 52. Uh, It says here, and so to Joseph um, were born um, two sons. He married, he he had children. Um, And this was before the years of famine came. Uh, whom Asenath, the daughter of Potipharah, priest of On, bore to him. And Joseph called the name of the firstborn Manasseh, for God has made me forget all my toil in all my father's house. So this is a remarkable kind of attitude, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, that he has here about the, the injustices that he had suffered. And verse 52, In the name of the second he called Ephraim, for God has caused me to be fruitful in the land of my affliction. So so here's joseph he's, he's married, he's had his name changed to an Egyptian name. Uh, the storehouses of egypt were, were full of grain as he had uh, in predicted uh, in the story um and
1: and and what el- what or who else came into the story then uh, just uh, one more point. Um, in first peter five verse six, it says Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that he may exalt you in due time. And, and we see that Joseph certainly humbled himself by not seeking revenge of his brothers. And because of this, God eventually, because of his word, uh, exalted Joseph, as we'll see later in the story. Mm, yeah. So, Gail, who,
0: who turns up on the scene now uh, in the story?
2: Well, going, uh, moving along into chapter 42, obviously the famine uh, was felt not only in Egypt, but far afield, also in the land of Canaan. And uh, reading in chapter 42 and verse 3, it says So Joseph's ten brothers went down to buy grain in Egypt. So. Joseph's 10 brothers come and appear before him in Egypt. And these gentlemen are unaware that this is Joseph, that they are presenting themselves before. He does not look like Joseph looked when they had last laid eyes on him about 21 years before. He's now a grown man with responsibility. He's dressed, obviously, in very fine Egyptian attire. I'm sure his appearance is not as a Hebrew uh, with... uh, how he how he's how he was clean shaven most likely mm. and also he speaks to them through an interpreter but he recognizes them
0: yeah, and, and these are the brothers who'd actually sold him into slavery in the first place you know yes he, he should have had had anger angry feelings against them shouldn't he
2: Obviously, he's was feeling a lot of emotion just seeing them present before him. But he's counted. There is only 10. And so in uh, through an interpreter, he goes on to question and test them because his great concern is for his father and for his younger brother, Benjamin. Mm-hmm. And um, this is how he continues. So he speaks rather gruffly to them and uh, Yes, he, he, he begins to test them to see if they have changed or if they are still the same as they were.
0: Hmm. Mm-hmm. So Stephen, Joseph's brothers had, had treated him badly, really, hadn't they? Yes. Um,
1: and is Jesus concerned with the way we treat other people? That's a good question. To answer that question, I'd like to go to Matthew chapter 25 and verse 31. And this is relevant for all of us because the Bible tells us when the Son of Man, who is Jesus, comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit on the throne of his glory and all the nations will be brought before him. And he will separate people one from another as a, as a shepherd gathers, uh, separates the sheep from the goats. So he shep- separates the sheep on his right hand. The right hand in, in the Bible is one of acceptance mm-hmm. and favor and honor. And, honor. Yeah. and the sheep is pictured as as a creature that follows their shepherd, while on the left hand those who were rejected are the um goats and their're stubborn creatures. they follow their own way, but I'd like to point out on what way that people are separated from the sheep and the goats being accepted or rejected, if we go to verse um, forty and Jesus said to them. Um, speaking of the people, the underprivileged, those who are in prison, those who are sick, the king will answer them, said, truly I tell you, in um, this is verse 40, just as you did it to one of the least of these who are the members of my family, you did it unto me. And so if you treated people well, so God will actually judge us on how we treated others. If we treat people well, then we will go into everlasting life. Those, The goats on the left will go into everlasting punishment, um, verse 46. Mm. So when we um, uh, act abusively
0: towards others, whom are we hurting? Are we hurting just them?
2: Yeah. Uh, No, definitely not. We not only hurt them, we hurt ourselves. But as uh, Stephen's brought out there in that verse 40, and, and Jesus repeats those words again in verse 45 in Matthew 25, then he will answer them, say, Assuredly, I say to you, inasmuch as you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. So we are ultimately hurting Jesus and we're hurting those that belong to Jesus because we are all his children. So, mm. um, yes, it is a very serious thing how we treat people. And
0: So we're hurting Jesus. We're hurting God. Yeah. Yeah. Um, coming back to the story of, of Joseph. Joseph, you know, we've got him here listening to his brothers. Um, they are speaking in their own tongue and they probably think, you know, he's Egyptian. He can't understand our Semitic language that we're speaking. But but go what did uh, what did Joseph overhear
2: yes well in that first encounter we read in um, Genesis chapter 42 verse 22 to 24 it's Reuben and the Bible reads and Reuben answered them saying did I not speak to you saying do not sin against the boy and you would not listen therefore behold his blood is now required of us but they did not know that Joseph understood them, for he spoke to them through an interpreter and he turned himself away from them and wept. Then he returned to them again and talked with them and he took Simeon from them and bound him before their eyes. So uh, the conversation was quite, was quite revealing how Reuben expressed um, a sense of guilt and punishment and... And this was justly deserved of them for their sin against Joseph. So the sense of guilt that comes from sin, that working upon the conscience when the heart is not closed, when the heart is not hardened, is very real and evident in his brother's lives. Because although 21 years had um, had gone in between the the literal crime and now, there was still great... Um, sense of guilt in each one for the terrible crime that they had done.
0: Mm. Much and likely. guilt does stay as long as it's not dealt with, doesn't it? Yes. And, and so here, as you said, Simeon is kept as a hostage kind of thing. And then he asks them to bring Benjamin the next time. And, and, and what further testing did Joseph devise
1: there, Steve? But he also put the, the money, if you remember, back in their sacks. So as they were going along the trail and they found their money back, put back in the sacks, and so they, their consciences were troubled about this. So I believe Joseph was testing them regarding money because remember that the brothers sold him into slavery was for seeming money for issue. money. Yeah. <laughs> yes. mm. But later on, we see that when they come back with the brother, they, um, first of all, Joseph holds a feast for his brothers. And in verse um, chapter 43 and verse 33, he sets them in place from the youngest to the oldest and it says they marveled how can this stranger know they probably had some their age? ages Ours. okay so <laughs> yeah. he's showing he has divination but mm. he was really their brother but in verse 34 Joseph tests them by giving Benjamin five times the portion as he gave his other brothers remember Benjamin is the full brother of Joseph from the same mother Rachel whereas the others were only half-brothers. half-brothers yep. And so just as Joseph was favored by his father, he wanted to test him to see if they would be jealous of Benjamin by getting the five times a portion. But we see here they passed the test because that they drank and they were merry with him. So they didn't hold any grudges up against that. So in this way, they passed the test. Hmm. So go. What, uh, what major test followed on from that?
2: Well, in the next chapter, uh, Joseph he instigates through his steward the placing of his silver cup in the youngest sack of uh, ben, in the youngest brother's sack, Benjamin. Yes, his full brother. And not only that, but also they return the monies again for every brother <laughs> in the top of their sacks. But um, as a steward, then is sent after them, and they check their sacks and they discover, of course, it is in Benjamin's sack. There is great grief in their hearts here. And this is where Joseph recognizes a changed spirit uh, in his brothers. This appears most clearly here because um, Judah, the fourth brother, he is the one who speaks on behalf of them. And he is pleading now that um, Benjamin be allowed to go back and he is willing to stay there and be Joseph's um, slave. Uh, now it moves on uh, just moving on into chapter 45 there and says then joseph could not restrain himself as he is as he's seeing how that they are reacting and how this change has happened in them it's come time within him he's welling up that he must he must reveal himself and uh, it's just so packed with emotion so he sends out um the Egyptians. And the Bible tells us that he wept aloud. And then in verse three of chapter 45, it says, then Joseph said to his brothers, I am Joseph. Does my father still live? But his brothers could not answer him. I guess this is rather a shock to them as he's uh, revealing himself. And they were dismayed in his presence. (laughs) And Joseph said to his brothers, please come near me. So they came near. Then he said, I am Joseph, your brother, whom you sold into Egypt. But now do not therefore be grieved or angry with yourselves because you sold me here. For God sent me before you to preserve life. For these two years, the famine has been in the land and there are still five years in which there will be neither plowing nor harvest. And God sent me before you to preserve a posterity for you in the earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. So now it was not you who sent me here, but God, and he has made me a father to Pharaoh and Lord of all his house and a ruler throughout all the land. Of Egypt, so Joseph sees God's divine hand mm. in all that has happened to him, all his mistreatment, and Joseph has a big picture of faith.
1: Yeah. So Is in some ways, um, Joseph was a type of Christ. Mm. He had to suffer uh, ignominy, he had to suffer prison and suffering, um, to to so that the people could be saved later, just as Jesus had to suffer and die, so we, he could atone for our sins. Yeah. You know, it's, it's
0: interesting when we go over to the to the New Testament, uh, to Matthew chapter 18, and uh, and verse 21, that uh, the, the subject of forgiveness came up amongst Jesus and his disciples, and and Peter there thought he was being very generous when he said, Lord, how often shall I forgive? Shall I forgive seven times? Uh, Gail, what did Jesus say in return?
2: Well, he said to them in verse 22, he said, I do not say to you up to seven times, but up to 70 times seven. So one school of rabbinical thought was that you uh, that you was taught that they forgive six times. But the seventh time was when justice was due. But here Jesus is telling them, you never stop forgiving because God never stops showing mercy and forgiving those who are truly repentant. Mm. God's love is endless and his forgiveness is. Also.
0: Yeah, So Steve, Stephen, uh, Jesus went on to tell the story about two
1: debtors. Uh, what point was he trying to make there in that illustration? Two debtors. Um, the, the story goes that God, for, uh, the, the, the master forgave the debtor of a large sum, but that debtor went and required the money from another person who owed him money. So it showed that he didn't show the same favor that the the master showed to him. And in this, it shows that um, we should be forgiving others because of the great debt that God has shown to us. Hmm. Yeah.
0: Um, Gail, what about uh, expressing feelings of hurt and anger? Is that okay?
2: I believe so. There's much expression of emotion and feelings in the Word of God. And even the psalmist David wrote in Psalm 44, verse 23 to 26, he says, Awake, why do you sleep, O Lord? Arise, do not cast us off forever. Why do you hide your face and forget our affliction and our oppression? For our soul is bowed down to the dust, our body clings to the ground Arise for our help and redeem us for your mercy's sake. So, yes, um, <clears throat> we don't always understand what is happening in our lives, but it's not wrong to vent our emotion. Well, and certainly Joseph it did it that, God. didn't he?
0: You know, we had the story of him weeping, you know. Uh, he was very certainly moved
2: Absolutely. by
0: his relationships, or possibility of restoring the relationships with his brothers. Yes. who had done so much harm to him. Uh, can, we, um, can we have a spirit of forgiveness even if it is not sought, Stephen?
1: Oh, yes, we certainly must. Um, Joseph's example is, is well worth emulating. Um, when he met his brothers after 20 years of, of separation, as you mentioned, Gail, his attitude was one of forgiveness before they even asked for it. And so, but... The best example, I believe, is Jesus. Jesus, who was treated so terrible, I think it's worth meditating upon. Um, in Luke chapter 23, verse 34, Jesus said, Forgive them, for they know not what they do. Mm. And that's true. People who harm others, they don't really know what they're doing.
0: Yeah. So even on the cross, he was able to have the spirit of forgiveness towards those who had done him harm, didn't he? Um, Uh, I'd like to just uh, look at um, Luke chapter 6 and verses 27 and 28. And here is an important um, point made, I think. Luke chapter 6, 27 and 28 says, I say to you, um, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, and bless those who curse you, uh, and pray for those who spitefully use you. These are not easy things to do, are they? But but Joseph has given us the example. Jesus has given us the example of having a spirit of forgiveness. And uh, that's the kind of thing that can only come into our hearts when we get to know
1: Jesus ourselves. It's, an, our it's, an, it's only possible through the gift of the Holy Spirit mm. when accepting Jesus. Yeah.
0: Well, thank you, Stephen and Gail. Thank you for your thoughts today. You know, Alan uh, White uh, once wrote... Nothing can justify an unforgiving spirit. He who is unmerciful toward others shows that he himself is not a partaker of God's pardoning grace. Mm. You know, when I look at the the love poured out on the cross of Calvary, I cannot help but marvel at the grace of God. What about you? May your experience of forgiveness and grace touch your heart and bring healing to to you and to those who may have hurt you. Well, thank you for joining us today on Let God Speak. Remember, all past programs plus teacher's notes are available on our website, 3abnaustralia.org.au. Email us, if you wish, on lgs at 3abnaustralia.org.au. We invite you to join us again next time. Until then, may God bless you.
1: You have been listening to Let God Speak,